Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You're locked in. Look at what we have here, folks. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. August 29th, 2019. The great spirit in the sky said, let there be quality pro wrestling podcast content. And that's what I'm here to deliver, Jack. That's right. It's the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast, folks. How you doing? How are you doing out there all over the world? I'll tell you, boy, what a heck of a episode we had last week with our main man, the world's most dangerous man, the president of Valor Bare Knuckle. We're talking about the one and the only Ken Shamrock. Massive, massive episode of the Duke Loves Rousing podcast. And I thank you all for listening and enjoying the interview. Ken is a great guy. I'm really excited about that promotion that he has going on, this Valor Bare Knuckle, which is an MMA promotion where they're going to fight without gloves. Pretty interesting stuff. Uh, just a real solid dude, man. And what's funny is he alluded to the fact that he was in discussions with some wrestling companies and he called out Impact Wrestling Champion Brian Cage and he also called out Moose. Well... Literally less than 24 hours after being on a Duke Loves Wrestling podcast, he made it official. Ken Shamrock signed a deal with Impact Wrestling, and I believe he's going to be at their next pay-per-view event. And it looks like he's going to be taking on Moose to start off. So, boy, look at that, huh? I'm telling you, man, we're over here assisting in breaking the, the latest news in the world of pro wrestling. And we're not going to stop. Because this week... We have Selena Majors, a.k.a. Bambi. This is a wrestling legend, and currently she is the head trainer of the WOW Superheroes training facility. So she's going to be on to talk about season two of WOW Superheroes. That's coming up. I can't wait. I'm telling you, folks, Saturday nights on Access TV. It's going to be one of your favorite nights of the week, especially when WOW Superheroes debuts with season two. On September 7th. So you have Wild Superheroes on Access at 8 p.m. I believe New Japan Pro Wrestling is going to be on right after them as well on Access TV. Just a real strong lineup of wrestling content to wrap up your wrestling week. So that's going to be fun to talk to her. But listen, before we get to any of that, I got to get an update because there is a major storm, a major hurricane that's going to be hitting the United States. It's already passed through Puerto Rico, which is, you know, territory of the United States, but it looks like it's going to be hitting Florida in the next couple of days here. So let's get our man on the ground there, the young professor. Let's check in with him and find out what the heck is going on. So like I was saying, folks, you know, we, we got our buddy down there, the young professor, and, and this guy legitimately is one of the top announcers and commentators on the indie scene right now. And he's in Florida, which they're gearing up for this crazy hurricane that's coming down. So I had to check in with my own boy, make sure he was all right. 
So without further ado, young professor, welcome back to Duke Loves Wrestling Podcast. But more importantly, how are you and the family doing down there? Well, Duke, first of all, uh, thank you so much for having me back. It, it is an honor to be here, uh, especially now. Uh, last week uh, I listened to the show. I know you had Ken Shamrock on. Uh, so just the fact that I would even be in a conversation with a guy like that and be on the show the next week is truly an honor. But uh, as for what's going on down here, uh, it's really too early to say. Uh, the the last update in regards to Hurricane Dorian, which is looking like it's going to make landfall here in Florida, uh, specifically in central Florida, right around the area where I live, is that it's picking up some uh, some speed, and it might be a Category 4. So it's looking like the uh, the gas lines are about to be a whole lot longer. I know even last night, Wednesday night, when uh, when people started talking about this, they were already gas stations here in my town that were out of gas, and I was seeing updates from other people in the wrestling community that live near Orlando that were saying the same thing because it's looking like even though Orlando is kind of close to the middle of the state, the place where it's looking to make landfall is directly in line with Orlando, and uh looks like Hurricane Dorian is looking to visit Disney World. Wow, wow. Let me ask you this because, I mean, you know I'm in Boston, and we get hurricanes here too. And we've had some doozies, definitely in my lifetime, but nothing compared to what you folks experience on a yearly basis. What is something that the average person may not consider until they're in the thick of things that they really should make sure they cover before the hurricane touches down? What is, what is if, if you could give one or two tips, make sure you have this or make sure you do that, what would be it? I would say make sure you've got all of the things on your property inside uh, because you don't want any debris out there flying around. Uh, you want to make sure that you've got some boards, or if you, don't, if you don't have hurricane shutters, you want to be able to get some wood where you can board them up. I know a couple of years ago, my first hurricane here, because I'm not originally from Florida. I, I'm from New Jersey originally, and I've been down here about nine years now, a little over nine years, and we've only had a couple, uh, actually. But I've been very fortunate. In fact, you guys up in Boston and in the Northeast got hit with more hurricanes when I moved down here than we were getting hit with. But two, three years ago when we started getting whacked on this semi-annual basis, it seems, uh, I had to learn a whole lot about it in a hurry, especially being a homeowner as well. So uh, at the time, trying to get boards to put on my windows was a nightmare. Luckily, I've had them, and I've cut them, and, and I know which one goes where. But that's a process. You need to make sure you've got strong enough power tools so that you can drill into the stucco on the sides of the house or whatever materials on your home. You want to make sure you've got flashlights, batteries. Uh, right now, water is the crazy thing. Everybody's out stacking up uh, cases of water. I don't expect people normally drink that much water, but you're not going to be able to bathe. You're not going to be able to flush your toilet without having extra water. So having those kinds of supplies are really, really critical. And not to mention, people just go into an all-out panic mode. So you, when you go to the gas stations and you go to grocery stores, people are not necessarily in the most helpful of spirits. So you need to really do your homework and make sure if you hear something that's, you know, coming your way and you haven't done any prep work for it, I know a lot of people take it lightly and they say, ah, oh, don't worry about it, it might miss us, but I've always been a person that I would rather be over-prepared than under-prepared. That's, you know, that's some really great advice. That's uh, mature advice, so I, I really appreciate that. And, and not just for this hurricane, but... Anyone who's dealing with 
a potential natural disaster and inclement weather, some great advice for that. So so let, let's switch beats here because, um, and again, I thank you for, for covering the hurricane stuff because that, that's firsthand experience right there, man. Can't, can't beat that. You've had a crazy summer. I mean, for a guy that already had a, had a, has a busy year and, you know, you have the wife and the kids on top of that. But man, I, I, you know, I go online and I see the young professor everywhere commentating and, and, and doing announcing and, and, you know, you're on social media posting everything and anything and what have you. Talk to us about your summer, man. What have you been up to? Well, to be quite honest with you, it really dates back to our first interview together, uh, which which now looking back at it, uh, again, I have to thank you even more so publicly because at the time I was just a guy doing my thing for really one promotion, uh, a promotion that I'm still with, which is Go Wrestle in Daytona Beach. It's where I've cut my teeth. It's where I've learned everything that I've been able to learn. Uh, I've gotten, you know, I've worked probably close to about 60 shows over the course of the last year and a half with them. And that's in a role as both the ring announcer and as part of the commentating team. Uh, but when we last spoke, I was actually getting ready to do my first other promotion, uh, which was I was going to be working with Fighting Evolution Wrestling up in North Florida because they were going to be with Elijah Burke. Elijah Burke had a charity show, and that was the first outside booking that I had actually been fortunate enough to have. And really, man, ever since then, it's been off to the races. After that, I was able to go and do a tryout in Las Vegas for Impact Wrestling. So I met a lot of contacts out there, had a chance to learn from some pros and really get to see how things get done from a production standpoint when it comes to television. And from that meeting and just from being out there, since I've been back, which I think that was even still February, late mid-February, I've been busy almost every weekend ever since. I've since branched into Combat Night, which is an MMA promotion. They were voted the number one MMA promotion in the state of Florida. I've worked three different shows with them. I've got another one coming up in November. I've uh, scheduled to do a couple of boxing fights coming up here in November of this year. And I've worked with a ton of wrestling promotions since, uh, PBE&T Wrestling out of Ocala. Uh, I'm right now in the middle of a competition to be the top manager for Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment, a promotion I've never worked with, but I saw they were looking to do this cool competition, so I threw in. I've gotten a chance to work with uh, USWA, the United States Wrestling Alliance in Jacksonville, who puts on a tremendous show. I did a little work with DCCW. I mean, I, I could run down the whole thing, but I don't want to necessarily bore the listeners. But I've I've been very busy, and I've been very blessed and fortunate in this business. That's that's just awesome, man. And, and I'm really really proud of you, and happy to hear that. You know, since we last spoke much earlier in the year, you you just you haven't let the the foot off the gas, so to speak. You continue to push, get your name out there take opportunities and, and, and really show who the young professor is in the marketplace, which is great. You, you mentioned that you, you, you did some work with a uh, MMA promotion, and it's funny because we had Ken Shamrock, who's a, an MMA Hall of Famer and pro wrestler. In fact, he just signed with Impact Wrestling, which you, you had a, a trial with them as well. Um, Shamrock is starting his own bare-knuckle MMA promotion. 
Valor Bare Knuckle is is the name of it. So it, it's it's kind of interesting, and I know that they're they're actively, and this goes for everybody, folks. They're actively looking for fighters and, and production people and what have you. So I'm just going to put this out there in front of the world. I believe the young professor would be an asset to a company like Valor Bare Knuckle because of your experience, because of your presence, because you're a guy who, who puts in 100% every time you go out there and, and you really entertain the crowd. Uh, it would be interesting to see you involved with some of the events in the, in the large-scale pay-per-views that they have coming up. So I'm just throwing that out there in the in the, in the atmosphere. I don't know if, if you would be interested or what have you. Kenny Shamrock, I'm going to be reaching back out to you about this guy. Um, I, I think it would be an awesome, awesome combination if, if uh, both sides were able to get together. So I'm just throwing that out there. But but tell us about this um, this AWE promotion in, in, in this, this contest that's going on here. So you said you're in the top three? Yes. Well, that, that's what, I, what I'm what i thinking. Uh, the top three people in this particular round, which is going to be announced sometime today here on Thursday, are going to be asked to come to their event on Sunday, September the 8th, called No Cap. And they No Cap to three leading managers, and, and all of this has been measured via social media metrics. The three aspiring managers that want to be, quote, you know, Atlanta's top manager, they're going to be asked to come in and do an in-ring promo, and the fans there live in Atlanta are going to get a chance to vote for them. And when I saw it, I, I had not worked with this promotion before. I see that they've worked with some guys that I have worked with. Uh, I know the guys with the uh, tag team down here, Fabulous Fitness, worked up there. Aria Blake, uh, she's been in contact with me, just seeing what I'm doing, and she does a lot of work up there. She's big here on the Florida scene and on MLW, uh, the Metro Brothers. I've seen a lot of these guys out there. I saw what they were doing, and I'm a person that I'm a strong believer in. If you see opportunity, seize opportunity. Because opportunities are, I think, in front of people a lot, but you have to take them. You have to grab them. You have to go after them. And for me, as someone who, admittedly, I've not been a manager yet in the professional wrestling world. It's not something that I've done. It's something I have an interest in, but I haven't trained for it. I haven't uh, served in that role, mainly because I've, gotten a lot of work doing the roles that I am doing, but when it comes to commentating and announcing, I think that's a pretty limited scope for what you're able to do, because namely, there's one position most places. If there's only one guy that can do that job, and a lot of places already have their person that they feel good about that they do. So even with me banging on doors and reaching out to promotions and promoters, They've already got someone. So when I saw this come up from AWE, I said, you know what, that would be a perfect opportunity for me to kind of show a little versatility, show that I can do a little bit more than just be the announcer guy that comes out. And if it comes to speaking, and that's really what they're looking for, they said, we like people that like that can talk. If you think that you can talk, whether you're already a manager or an aspiring manager, we want you for this. And quite frankly, talking is what pays my bills and has paid my bills for the last decade or so. I've got, in terms of public speaking experience, I've got close to 10,000 hours. And they say that 10,000 hours is what it takes to become an expert in something. I literally calculated the math. I'm somewhere, I think, between eight and 9,000 hours of just talking to audiences over and over for the last decade. So if that doesn't give me some repetitions that can't help me talk to a crowd in Atlanta, Georgia, then I'm not sure what will. Man, and, and you know something? We're, we're going to 
post the information for AWE on the Duke Lowe's Wrestling Twitter and Facebook uh, accounts. We want to let AWE know, no matter what, you should bring in the young professor, whether he's going to be a commentator or a manager, a little bit of everything. That would be a great, great thing to do, bringing in the young professor, because he legitimately is one of the top guys on the indie scene right now doing what he does. And I, I know you'd be a great manager, man, because you can talk. You, know, you, you can cut a promo with the best of them. So I, I don't think that would be much of an issue at all. In fact... You could be the next Bobby Heenan with the way that you you carry on. So that's it's kind of funny that um, you're stepping into this other realm, so to speak, where you're, you're taking the headset off and you're putting the microphone down as far as the guy announcing, and you want to try your hand at being the guy that's delivering the promos itself. That's that's pretty cool there. You know, let, let me ask you, Professor, what are some of the things that you see for aspiring commentators or, or, you know, production people. What are some of the things that you see for folks who are just starting to break in or who are interested in breaking in that they, they could use some advice on? You know, because you're a guy who's been doing it for a few years now. You, you have some experience under your belt in that regard, in addition to the fact that you're a college professor, in addition to the fact that you're a trivia host, in addition that you've done all of these other things. You, you, you've announced in arena football, and you've done an MMA announcing, and you've been involved with the boxing. Give me some advice for, for some of these aspiring folks or folks who are, who are just breaking it. Well, the biggest piece of advice that I would give someone is to pay attention. Pay attention to everyone that's out there doing it professionally and doing it better than you uh, because you will learn a lot from it. And that's one of the things that I think – is really the biggest piece of advice I could give because I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I, I know everything there is to know about this because just like anything I've ever done in my life, a lot of things are you kind of learn as you go, and it kind of takes on a life of its own if you start to be successful with it. Uh, so I'm not going to pretend that, that I can you know, speak to the level of someone like a Tony Schiavone or even a Rich Bocchini on MLW, guys who have been doing it for years and have had perhaps a bit more focused instruction a little more feedback, a little more professional uh, criticism that has helped them. But I think what's helped me as someone who's starting out and speaking to those who might also be wanting to start out is pay attention. Pay attention to what others are doing, both good and bad, because that's something that can inform your process. And a lot of it really comes down to, I think, inflection. Your voice needs to move. If your voice is one tone the entire time, then you're going to lose your audience. And so you need to make sure if you're calling a match and you see someone going up for an RKO, you go up and you go down. As, as you know, Randy Orton jumps up into the air, your voice should come up. And when he hits impact with the mat, your voice should come down. And that's something that's difficult, I think, to teach. But if you listen to how Michael Cole does it, if you listen to how Jim Ross does it, if you listen to how Corey Graves does it, those are the kinds of things that you hear and your tonality, your inflection needs to match that because you're helping to tell a story. That's how I've always looked at it. You know, the guys in the ring are telling a story. And that story should be able to be told visually only, right? Purely just from watching it, you should be able to understand that story. But the commentator's role is to add the soundtrack to that story, is to add the audio component to really help enhance it because your job is to make sure that the story they're telling 
is understood and that you can pepper in the little bits of background noise and information that can really help the experience of the person watching it. Man, I'll tell you something right now. Class is definitely in session with the young professor dropping the knowledge, baby, dropping the jewels on our head today. Goodness. Listen, before we let you go, Professor, the wrestling scene right now, 2019, can you even recall a time where it has been this exciting and there's been this many options you know, whether it's on the indies or, or you know, the the major leagues, so to speak, it just seems like pro wrestling has has, has captured the world once again, man, and, and especially leading into the fall season, it's on and popping, baby. Talk to us about how, how are you feeling about the wrestling scene in general in 2019? I think I speak for most people involved in this business right now, and that's I'm extremely excited. And how could you not be? Because what is happening now with the rise of AEW, and, and mind you, they have not even had a televised show yet. They've, they've had a couple of pay-per-views, but they haven't been on TV. They're slated to start that first week of October. But you can already see if you're a, an astute watcher of wrestling and you're paying attention to what other companies are doing and what the response has been, that doors are opening and opportunities are out there in abundance because people not only recognize that there is a desire for more wrestling as a result of there being so much more of it now available on TV in the near future, but with that, there's more opportunities. And there's also a higher level of quality. So I feel like people are stepping their game up, not only in the biggest of big leagues, but we're seeing that at the independent scene as well because everyone now realizes, hey, there's a lot of eyes out here. And everything we do on social media and everything that's out there is potential for me to get noticed. There's potential for my company to get noticed. So it really is forcing everyone to really put all the pieces together so that those opportunities don't get wasted. There's something that people can take advantage of. And I think it's a wonderful thing. I think everyone would probably agree with that. It's it's very, very exciting to be a wrestling fan right now. I'll tell you something, young professor. Well, well first of all, if, if, if fans, if bookers, Anybody, if they want to get in touch with the young professor, if they want to see the young professor on their upcoming pro wrestling, MMA, boxing, uh, arena football, you name it, trivia, whatever, if they want more young professor in their life, what's the best way they can reach you? The best way, I would say, is probably heading to my Facebook page. It's the young professor on Facebook. You can also email me at theyoungprofessormt at gmail.com. And you can find me on Instagram at MG the Young Professor. I got to tell you, Young Professor, I, I am just excited to watch, continue to watch your progression. I mean, you're a guy that was already doing really well for yourself, and you just, again, you keep pushing. And, and I, I can already tell that you're going to end 2019 with a bang, and you're going to start 2020 with an even stronger bang. So. Keep up the great work, man, and we're going to continue to root for you, and we'll be checking back in with you. Well, dude, thank you for all that you do, not just for me, but for everyone that affiliates himself with your show. Duke Loves Wrestling is a great, fantastic show, and, man, I can't thank you enough, dude. Thanks for having me. This is the pastor of wrestling, Kevin West, and I'm listening to Duke Love Wrestling.
Always a pleasure talking to the young professor. What a talented, hardworking dude he is, huh? Just just really a, a person who continues to, to take it to the limit. Take it to the limit, baby, one more time. That's right. That's what he gets it done. Shout out to the young professor. Great dude. Nothing but positivity coming his way because he earns it, like I said. You know, we got to talk about the, the top stories in pro wrestling, folks. Switching speeds here because let me tell you something. It has been a crazy week since I last spoke to you there. And I'm going to start off with the fact, uh, congratulations. Congratulations to AEW star Sean Spears and WWE former uh, women's tag team champion. We're talking about the one, the only Peyton Royce. They've officially tied the knot. They're married. Ha! How cool is that, huh? You know, Sean Spears was in the WWE, uh, and then he left, and he went over to AEW, linked back up with his buddy, Cody Rhodes. He was Ty Dillinger in the WWE. But uh, how cool is that? So it, it's kind of funny, because they're, they're in different promotions now, yet they're together. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. You know, if if, the, if Peyton Royce is on a show and it does better ratings or she sells more merchandise, does she kind of rub it in her husband's face? Or if, if Sean Spears, if, if AEW does well for the week, does he rub it back in her face? I don't know. It, it'll be interest, interesting to see how that plays out there. But congratulations. Great couple. Real nice folks, you could tell. So wish them nothing but the best. Speaking of which, it's been made official Seth Rollins and the man, Becky Lynch, are officially engaged. What? (laughs) How crazy is that, man? Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins are engaged. Just amazing. So the man and the man's man, they're about to be the man and the man together in a union officially at some point coming soon. Congratulations to him. I think that's cool. Um, two folks who've worked hard and, and have earned where they are in life. So it's it's really nice to see love in the air and, and people building and growing together. Got nothing but positive things to say about that. Despite the fact that I can't stand either one of them. You all know that. If anybody listens to the show, you know I can't stand either one of them. But that's in terms of the pro wrestling world. And in, in, in the outside of pro wrestling world, I, nothing but positivity and well wishes to both of them good stuff man good stuff speaking of which what's not good stuff what's not good stuff is this seth rollins punk is number one again in the pwi 500 this is breaking news folks it just came out today i've already put in a call to my guy uh uncle harry let me tell you something harry you better call me back buddy we gotta talk Okay, I I feel personally attacked by Pro Wrestling Illustrated. If it's not that punk, then it's this punk Seth Rollins. I mean, why are these guys number one so often? It just it, it, it just breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. Okay, it should have been either Daniel Bryan or Kofi Kingston, either one of those two guys. And they were both in the top 10. Don't get me wrong, they're both in the top 10, but that's not the point. Seth Rollins is the number one wrestler in the world in the PWI 500? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Seth, 
I'm not happy. Okay? Harry Burkett, I'm not happy. PWI, I'm not happy. This needs to stop. You guys need to stop attacking me by taking these shields, shield guys and putting them in these spots. Ugh. Speaking of which, the man formerly known as Dean Ambrose, John Moxley. Ooh. Listen, man. I hope he gets well. Let me just say that. I hope he gets well. I don't wish him any ill will when it comes to his health. This poor guy, he, he had to pull out of the AEW pay-per-view coming up all out. He has MRSA in his elbow once again. Now, this is a, a, a super, super bug. It's a, it's a, a sickness that most antibiotics can't even get rid of. And it could kill you. In fact, the last time he had it, which was within the past 12 months, if I'm not mistaken, he literally almost died. So this is this is serious business, man. Now, they say he's going to be available in time when AEW debuts on TNT. Their uh, show that still doesn't have a name yet, but it's going to be on TNT Wednesday nights. Um, and that's coming up in October, I believe it's going to start. But boy, you got to rest up, big man. You can't be having these super bugs uh, invading your body and you just sit around and, and think you're going to be able to heal right away. It doesn't work like that, man. They're probably going to have to go into that elbow and literally scrape that stuff off the bone. That's how invasive and dangerous it is. And from what I understand, for a lot of folks, this, this MRSA stuff, it lives on the skin, it lives in the nose, lives in different parts of your body. It doesn't go away. It may look like it went away because you treated the area that's infected, but it looks it looks like it just hides a different part, part of your body and then pops back up at some point. That is terrifying. This guy's been in New Japan Pro Wrestling and these indie promotions and an AEW. He's been in the WWE the last 12 months, bleeding all over the place and all kinds of craziness. Just, ugh. Just rest, bro. Rest. I'm not saying you got to be Andrew Luck and retire, but rest, please. We need you back out there so I can watch people beat you up, Dean Ambrose, or, or John Moxley, excuse me. So, you know, but hey, man, hope he gets well. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. So there's that. Moving on now. Oh, boy. Sasha Banks, Sasha Banks, Sasha Banks. She had a fantastic promo. Before she beat the hell out of Natty, <laughs> after they brawled before that on Raw, it was awesome. Just fantastic. I love Sasha. Sasha's fantastic. I know some people didn't like the, the promo. I enjoyed it. I think Sasha is the best. She's the boss. So, always fun to see Sasha Banks back out there doing what she does best, which is being the mean, uh, take no prisoners knock you out and get what I want kind of badass that she is. I love Sasha Banks. Damn right. Boy. Speaking of WWE news, Enzo and Big Kaz, they they, they call themselves, what was it? Kaz XL and, and literally NZO, Enzo on the indie scene. Dave Meltzer, so take this with a grain of salt, folks, but Dave Meltzer is reporting that those two guys are in discussions with WWE about returning to NXT. That's pretty interesting. Now, as we know, these guys were released. First, it was Cass because I guess he had a, some kind of drinking issue and, and 
his attitude really wasn't right. There was, there was speculation that he was arguing with Carmella and, and appeared to either attempt to get physical or what have you. Who knows? But, you know, they, they got rid of him because his attitude wasn't right. Then you have Enzo, who's another one where his attitude was on the on the skids there. And then somebody accused him of rape and he was being investigated. And according to WWE, he did not inform them of the pending investigation. And as a result of that, they had to let him go. Well, since then, you know, the the, the rape case has essentially stopped the investigation there. There's just not enough evidence to, to prove that he raped anybody. So now what? I mean, does the guy deserve to not have a career anymore because an allegation was put out against him that was never officially proven? That I don't think that's right. I don't know what if he did it or not, but everybody's innocent until proven guilty, so you got to kind of take it where it is there in that regard. Uh, so according to Meltzer, again, take it with a grain of salt. These guys are negotiating to come back to NXT, which would be interesting. If, if AEW signed Enzo and Big Cass, that would help their ratings on a TV show that's going to be rivaling NXT at the same time on Wednesday nights. Because NXT is going to be on the USA Network, as we know. And that's debuting in a couple weeks. So, Enzo and Big Cass, I mean, they have some name recognition. I, I think that would be... That would definitely attract viewers to check them out, just to see why they're in AEW. So the fact that WWE potentially, again, this is according to Meltzer, take it with a grain of salt, potentially going to NXT, that's interesting. I don't think that's a bad move either. It's interesting. I'm not saying it's a great move, but it's a shrewd move. So we'll see what happens. But in fact, shoot me a message at, at Duke Loves Wrestling on Twitter, Facebook, or, you know, DukeLovesWrestling at gmail.com. Let me know what you think on that one. Are you, are, you, are you supportive of Enzo and Cass coming back into the WWE family on NXT in particular? Or do you think that WWE should just cut bait and leave them alone completely? Who knows? I mean, if, you, if Hulk Hogan can be the, the biggest racist ever with some of the comments he's made and WWE still brings him back, I mean, you know. Enzo and Cass, what do you do? So, interesting. Interesting stuff there. Stay tuned. Speaking of interesting stuff, uh, AEW, they have their all-out pay-per-view that's happening this Sunday. I believe it's this Sunday. And it's going to be on uh, BR Live if you're in the United States. I believe you can get on the Fight TV app if you're outside of the United States. But it's pay-per-view August 31st, right? Interesting card here. It's headlined by Adam Page versus Chris Jericho. Winner is going to be the first, the inaugural AEW World Champion. Interesting. Because uh, John Moxley has that MRSA, he can't compete. He was supposed to take on Kenny Omega in a singles match. Instead, it's going to be the man formerly known as Neville in the WWE. He's back to call himself Pac. So it's going to be against Pac. Omega versus Pac should be a good match if Omega brings his A game. I, th- I think Omega's been nursing some injuries, which is why he hasn't performed at the Kenny Omega level that we're used to seeing. Because, you know, his knees are banged up from all that damage and, 
uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. And don't take my word for it. This is what Kenny has admitted. So maybe this would be the first match where we really get to see Kenny Omega like we're used to seeing, which would be interesting. Uh, the best friends, Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta, they're taking on the Dark Order. That's Evil Uno and, and Stu Grayson. And the winner of that match is going to get a first round bye in the AEW World Tag Team Championship Tournament. That's interesting. Lucha Brothers are going up against the Young Bucks again for the AAA World Tag Team Championship. So, you know, it's going to be flippy move mania. You already know what's going to happen here. It would be cool if these guys didn't do a single flippy move and just wrestled the entire match. Could you imagine that? <laughs> Don't hold your breath. Uh, Cody Rhodes is taking on Sean Spears. Once again, this is the guy who just got married. Uh, and, and Tully Blanchard is going to be in his corner. So that'll be interesting. Sean Spears hit Cody Rhodes with a chair and split his head open. So I'm, I'm assuming there's going to be some retribution for this. How about this one? Darby Allen versus Joey Janela versus Jimmy Havoc. So you already know this is just going to be flippy moves and, and hardcore stuff. In a cracker barrel clash, whatever the heck that means. I have no clue what that means. I know Cracker Barrel is sponsoring this match, <laughs> but a crackle, Cracker Barrel clash. Are they going to go to a Cracker Barrel restaurant and pour gravy all over each other or something like that? What, what are we doing? I, I don't know. I don't know. But I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, the 21 Women Casino Battle Royale. All right. That's going to be interesting. And, and the winner will receive a match for the inaugural AEW Women's Championship scheduled for the October 2nd AEW on TNT broadcast. So that'll we'll see what happens there. I'm, I'm rooting for my girl Jazz. I know she's in that. Shout out to Jazz. Um, Ariel Monroe, Monroe is in there, too. Big Swole. I'm a fan of Big Swole. I think Teal Piper is, is going to be in that as well. So that'd be cool. Never know. Rio versus Hakuru, Hakuru Shida in a singles match. So, you know, some Japanese women's Joshi wrestling happening on the car. That'd be cool. Private Party. So that's Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn versus uh, Angelico and Jack Evans. Another flippy move mania match. Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Marco Stunt. Wow. What a combo that is. Versus SoCal Uncensored. That's Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky. Six-man tag team match. So, interesting card. It's their last pay-per-view before their show debuts a couple days later on TNT. Four days later. So, this is a show that's going to get everybody to, to, to buy into their TV show on TNT, right? It's kind of funny. The pay-per-view is going to be the thing that drives you to the TV show. And listen, man, I, I, I've I've been very direct about AEW and some of the things that I'm not impressed with. I've also pointed out some things that I am impressed with. But at the end of the day, I want them to succeed. And, and I hope that this is a successful show. And I hope that their, their television program on Wednesday nights is successful as well. I think that, again, and I said this from day one, they're a startup. So mistakes are going to happen. The question is, are we mature enough as a wrestling audience to give them enough room to make their mistakes and learn from them 
and improve upon the product. I think there's too many folks who have these high expectations of this this startup company that, quite frankly, it is not possible for them to live up to the expectations. It's just not going to happen. I mean, for instance, people are complaining about the fact that they haven't sold out every show. And some of these shows haven't sold out, especially the the pay-per-view coming up. Well, of course they haven't sold out the pay-per-view. What, you think they were going to sell out every single uh, pay-per-view that they had? Every single event that they had? Come on. That's not going to happen. That's not a thing. Stop that. It's hard, man. <laughs> it's hard to keep a wrestling audience engaged. And it's hard to convince people to part from their money, especially driving them to a live event when they could easily just sit at home and watch the event. The beer is cheaper. The food is cheaper. The atmosphere, quite frankly, is more comfortable for most people. They'd rather watch it at home. So AEW is going to have to come up with more creative ways to capture and maintain and then grow their fan base. And I know Cody, a couple weeks back, he put out a statement saying that they're going to focus on their core audience, whoever that is. And that's fine, but I don't know how much growth you're going to get out of that if that's really what you're talking about there. Come on, man. You got you to gotta really step outside the box here and don't get pigeonholed because I don't, I don't know if they can sustain it. I could be wrong. I mean, we are talking about billionaires who own their company and, and the main, the son of the billionaire, Tony Khan, he's an analytics guy. So maybe he's, he's done the research and he's figured out how to at least break even and what needs to be done. And maybe they're putting those things in place. Who knows? We'll see. I'll be watching though. And they're going to be in town here in Boston. Their second um, show that's going to be on TNT. They're going to be here in Boston. I think that's on October 9th. I plan on being there. I want to see what's going on firsthand. So wait and see. That's right. That's right. Listen, folks, I'm not going to hold this up anymore because I got a, a, a wrestling legend on the line. She She's ready to go here. So hold on one second. We're, we're going to get the one and the only Selena Majors, the head trainer of WOW Superheroes. So, folks, you, you know, anyone who's been listening to the show for a while, I am a huge, a huge fan of women's wrestling. It goes all the way back to, you know, the original Glow and even the LPWA and all the stuff that was happening in Japan with the Crush Gals and, and what have you. Just really, really a huge fan and, and a huge supporter of women's wrestling. And one of the promotions that has taken the entire world by storm is WOW Superheroes. I mean, literally, especially last season, it was just so exciting and, and we got to see a new generation of some of the top female talent out there. And in fact, what I'm really excited to announce, folks, is Saturday, September 7th, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Access TV. It's finally here, season two of WOW Superheroes. It's going to be even bigger and better than it was last season. And I decided, you know something? I need to talk to somebody who can give me the inside scoop on why WOW Superheroes has been such an entertaining program, and more importantly, why the quality of wrestling has been as good as it has been. So, without further ado, 
let me introduce introduce everyone to the person who is responsible for training some of the talent at WOW Superheroes. She is a wrestling legend in her own right. I'm talking about the one, the only, Selena Majors. Welcome to the Duke Loves Wrestling Podcast. How are you, Selena? I'm great. Thank you so much, and uh, thank you for the kind words. And for anybody that doesn't know who Selena Majors is, I wrestled for Bam- as Bambi for uh, over a 30-year span. So sometimes they don't really know me as my real name, Selena Majors. They know me as Bambi. But thank you so much for having me on. Well, listen, it is an absolute honor. And one of the first things I, I do have to, to ask of you, please don't beat me up because I'll tell you, you were somebody who was not messing around, especially in the in the heyday when you were knocking heads out there, and I know you can still get it done. So I'm going to make sure I'm careful whatever I say to you here. Oh, I'll be kind to you. <laughs> <laughs> so, listen, season two of WOW Superheroes, this is, this is amazing. The show was on Access TV for season one. You know, we know Access TV, that's the, the uh, network that's owned by Mark Cuban, Wow Superheroes, you know, owned by the one, the only Jeannie Buss of the Los Angeles Lakers fame and what have you. You ladies hit the ground running and have not looked back since. Talk to us about what we can expect from t- season two. Well, I'll tell you, um, it's going to be exciting. And uh, like every show, I like to say that every show is better than the one you've seen last week. And I feel like this season is going to be better than last season. Uh, we, we are, we've got a lot of things going on. We've got a lot of new talent coming in. One thing that we're having this season, uh, I don't know if anybody, uh, has mentioned it or not, but we're, uh, gonna celebrate our tag team belt. And we're having a tag team series. And similar to a tournament, um, and then at the end of the, uh, at the end of the series, at the end of the episode, we'll be crowning our new tag team champion. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, it's been a long time since we had uh, tag team champions, and uh, we've got new belts made, and I'm really excited about seeing the tournament and see it and how that unfolds. Wow, that's that's a big scoop right there. So we're going to have WOW Superheroes, uh, the tag team belts are coming back, and they're going to be featured on the TV show on Access TV. Uh, because it's interesting here, we have Tessa Blanchard, who is the WOW Superheroes champion, and... Literally, Tessa is one of the hardest working women in pro wrestling, one of the hardest working people in pro wrestling, period. Talk to us about the importance of having a champion with of the wrestling pedigree and, and caliber as a Tessa Blanchard. Well, I'll tell you, um, I heard about Tessa uh, years ago when she first got into the business. Uh, she was trained by a really good friend of mine. His name is George South, and I've known George. Uh, gosh, all my, <laughs> it feels like all my life. Uh, I watched him when I was a kid. He, he wrestled on Georgia Championship Wrestling and he was a friend of mine and he had called me and told me that he was training Tessa and, uh, you know, she says this all the time and I'm gonna repeat it because it's a great line. Uh, her name gets her foot in the door, but then it takes hard work to keep it there. And she is hard working. She's very hard working and, uh, I think she works a lot harder than someone who wouldn't have the name because um, a lot of times people, if they, have, you know, if they're second generation or third generation, um, they think, oh, well, my name can carry me. But when she gets into the ring, uh, it's not her name that carries her; it's her ability. And she is one of the 
uh, most athletic wrestlers I've ever seen, not just in this generation, but I think maybe in the history of women's wrestling. So I'm very proud that uh, we have her here, and she's our champion, and um, she's she's really good. And we've got a lot of other girls that's coming after that belt that are really good. And uh, we've got a big array of talent from all over. We have our WOW superheroes that we train at the WOW Training Center, but we go out and we go everywhere, and we look for the very best wrestlers that we can find, and then we bring them into WOW. So uh, as good as Tessa is, she's going to have a lot of competition coming up this season uh, after her belt. We may be uh, crowning new tag champions, but don't think for one minute that they're not going to come after Tessa at every direction. But I am uh, really proud that she's a part of WOW. She's a phenomenal athlete, and I think that she'll go down in history. Um, her, her slogan is "Born Legend," and I don't think that's far from it. I think that uh, I think that she'll go down in history as being one of the legends in women's wrestling. You said it right there, boy, Selena Majors. And and you know, one of the folks who is after Tessa Blanchard in that WOW Superheroes Championship is none other than The Beast. And and she really turned a lot of heads when she came on the wild superhero scene there. Talk to us about The Beast, because I don't think a lot of people knew much about her before seeing her at WOW, but, but she's really made a splash. She really has. I tell you, the first time that I laid eyes on her, uh, she came into the WOW Training Center, and I guess she had called David McClain and wanted to try out and uh, when she walked in, uh, I'll be honest with you, I've never seen any anybody like her, her presence. I mean, I've seen bodybuilders before, and, I've, you know, I've seen all kinds of different looking girls before, but there's just something about her that just captures you. And I don't believe not since China we've had anyone in wrestling with uh, that look and that it factor as the beast. She's just unbelievable. And just like China, when China came in, nobody had heard much about her before her presence. And then when you did see her, you knew who she was, and everyone knew who she was. And I, I, if I had to compare someone uh, to the beast to, I would compare it to China because she's going to make that much of an impact and that much of a presence. She already has. And I think the longer that she's in this sport, the, the higher she's going to go. And given the right opportunity, um, I don't know, Tessa Blanchard better watch out because uh, the beast is something else. She's a phenomenon. You can say that again. You know, there's another talent that you have a, a pretty well-documented history with, and I'm talking about the one, the only, Jesse Jones. Oh, my goodness. Legitimately, she jumps out of the TV screen when you see her out there wrestling. Talk to us about Jesse Jones and even your history with her. Well, I'll tell you, when, I, uh, when Jesse first came to WOW, uh, she came in to help me out. And uh, Jesse and I, we aren't, we aren't related. A lot of people uh, got that little story confused. Uh, in the South, we always think everyone's related. Uh, you're kin folks. If you're, if you're Southern and you meet another Southern uh, person, well, you're kin folks. And, and I know how everyone knows how that goes. So... Uh, Jessie is a real good friend of mine. Uh, she came in to help me out when uh, I was still active in the ring. And, boy, am I glad she did because she has turned into one of the best wrestlers out there. Um, not that she wouldn't always, 
but she's really come out of her shell and she's really exploded and personality wise and uh she's just been explosive in the ring. I think she's gonna go a long way. Whether it's in singles competition, maybe against Tessa or whether it's in tag team action, uh Jessie's gonna go far. She's really got the athletic ability, she's got the personality that makes you stop and watch. Um and she's just something to be reckoned with. Um, I love listening to her. Um, she can just ramble on and on. And because I'm from the South, I love it. But uh, she's somebody that you you got to keep your eye on because she's going to do well. She's going to do well this season. You got that right. You got that right. And listen, uh, recently there was a, a, a big announcement made, none other than the daughter of the legend, Roddy Piper. We're talking about Teal Piper. She just signed with WOW Superheroes. Are you going to get a chance to work with Teal at the facility and, and, and do some training with her and, and get her all finished up and ready there? I am. Um, first of all, I was very happy to to meet Teal. She's a, she's a lovely uh, young lady. And, uh, I you know, when I first met her, I really didn't know that she was Roddy Piper's daughter. And she was so nice, and she came into the training center. And then when they told me who she was, I was like, oh, wow, you know. I mean, Roddy was a legend, and uh, I grew up watching him. And so I was a little bit of a fan myself, thinking, oh, wow, you know, I'd love to just pick, sit down and pick her brain and ask her a million questions, you know. But she's a super nice girl, and uh, I feel honored that with her dad's connections, uh, she could have literally went anywhere. She could have went to any training facility out there or, or maybe even any major wrestling organization out there and they would have took her but for her to want to come to the wow training center and she had been to a few she told me she went to a few and she didn't get the right vibe and for some reason she really liked us i mean when, when we're at the school we're like a little family and uh i i really tried to instill a lot of things that i was taught over my journey into the girls and she got a comfortable feeling. She liked it, so she joined with WOW, and she is training at the at the WOW Training Center. And it's yet to be seen, but I tell you, if she's anything like her dad, whether it's in the ring or just on the microphone, we are expecting uh, a, a big star right there. So um, I, I know that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, and I just can't wait to see what she's got when we put her out there. We're talking to wrestling legend and the head trainer of WOW Superheroes Training Facility, Selena Majors. Selena, what can folks expect at the, the WOW Training Facility? If, if they come in and, and they need to get trained or what have you, and, and WOW decides to take a chance on them and bring them into the family, what, they, what can they expect training there and specifically with you? Well, I'll tell you, uh, we do, uh, we work them hard. Uh, I say we because it's not just me by myself. For a long time it was just me by myself, but I've got, uh, other helpers that come in and sometimes they're just different girls come in. Uh, sometimes, uh, I've asked, uh, my friend Jesse Jones to come in and teach them some things. Uh, I've, uh, Malaya Husaka, who's a great wrestler, uh, she comes in sometimes and, and helps with them. Um, we had in the past Leilani Kai come in and help uh, with the train, and we had Peggy Lee Leather come in. So it's not just me. It's a group of girls that I've known throughout my career, and anytime I need any help, I bring in somebody, and we uh, give them the rundown. 
I feel like I want to teach them everything I know. I want them to learn everything that some of my fellow wrestlers have known, even if they were uh, people that I met across the ring from. I still feel like they have something to give and something to offer. So you'll be worked out really hard, but I think you'll get the best training from a variety of different people. Uh, I feel like we've got the best training school out there. It is the only all-women's wrestling school that I know of. Um, now, I know we're out, and somebody may correct me on that. There may be some little uh, all-women's wrestling school somewhere that I don't know about. But to my knowledge uh, of, of being well-known, we're the only all-women's wrestling school. And I'm real proud of that because I think it goes back to the history of the fabulous Mua and uh, she was an icon in wrestling. Whether you liked her or not or, or whatever your opinions of her is, uh, she did create a facility where the girls could come and live and train, and that was their main priority goal. And I, I want to take some of that and some of the good stuff and apply it at this school so the girls know, hey, it's an all-women's facility. We're all here together. We're a family. We're here to learn. We're not here uh, to act like we're in middle school and to have a lot of drama and a lot of, um, you know, bitterness. And, and, and there is a lot of that out there. I went through a lot of that during my career. And that's one thing that I put stop at the door. If you have an attitude, if you have a bad attitude, uh, we'll either, uh, wrestle it out of you or you won't come, come back. <laughs> uh, because we, we, I think that's a, a big thing in wrestling is to have a positive attitude and have a willingness to learn and be coachable and to be coached. Um, and, and some people come in and they think they already know everything and they're not coachable. So I think that's a big element and, and is very important. So if anybody out there, I, I say this all the time, uh, I made it as far as I, I have, and I was just a little girl. I can remember going to the matches with my dad when I was five, six years old because he wanted to be a wrestler. And by the age of 10 years old, I told him, this is what I want to do. And I'm 53, and I'm still a part of it. So dreams come true, and if you want to do something like this, don't sit on the couch and wish about it and think about it and say, I wish that could happen to me. Make the first step. Make the effort. Go out and do it, because dreams do come true. I am living proof of that. You sure are. You sure are. And listen, folks, let's not downplay this fact here. When I say Selena Majors, a.k.a. Bambi, is a, is a legend in pro wrestling. This is not just, I'm not just blowing smoke here. I remember going way back to the AWA when you had your feud with uh, Medusa. And, you know, with Alondra Blaze, who's in the WWE Hall of Fame now, but you and Medusa rocked the house. And a lot of times when, when you and her wrestled, you had the best match on the card. You know? Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, thank you very true. much. It's the truth because it was some of the best pure wrestling that you could find it wasn't foolishness it was it was wrestling okay and even you know a few years later when you were in uh wcw i mean you had a a great feud with uh who was it was it, was it susan sexton that you feuded with in wcw yeah a few people they had brought in leilani kai judy oh, martin yeah. uh medusa was still in there yep. uh susan sexton came in for a um, it was one of the pay-per-view things. I can't remember. Uh, I think it I was, can't remember uh, the name of it. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, but, but yeah. And I'll tell you something about that. 
uh, back back in uh, my journey, we had to work really hard because we weren't given the opportunity. There wasn't as many women wrestlers out there as there is today. And we had to work really hard because um, nothing against the men wrestlers. They're all my brothers. I feel like I love them all. But, you know, it, it was a man's sport when I got into it. And the girls had to work extremely hard to even get on the show. Um, and sometimes I felt like we had to work ten times harder than the guys just to prove ourselves. So that's one thing I tell the girls today. Hey, you guys are lucky. We've been given a platform. Uh, I say every morning I count my blessings for Jeannie Buss, who believed in us for over 20 years. Uh, we didn't just come around, you know, last week. We've been around for quite a while. And for Access TV, Mark Cuban, Andrew Simon, all those people that believed in us, that took a chance and went out and, and supplied this platform for us to do not only what we love to do, but what these girls have made a living doing, what we we sacrificed our life. I know for myself, uh, I never got married and had kids, uh, never settled down. I feel like my true love was professional wrestling, and I was married to the wrestling business. So we sacrifice a lot on Christmas, Thanksgiving, you know, people's birthdays, holidays. You don't always get to go home. Uh, it's, it's a very uh, uh, sacrificed lifestyle that you have to live. And to be given the platform for us to excel, I'm so thankful. And I can't thank Jeannie Buss, Mark Cuban, Andrew Simon, David McClain, all these people who kept believing in women's wrestling. So after all these times, I always say, I don't think there was a revolution or an evolution. We've all been out there working hard. We've just finally been given the platform to show everyone hey, this is us, and we can do this too. And I feel blessed about that and really blessed that even at my age, and I'm not still doing it in the ring, that I'm still a part of it because I've been able to see the the evolution myself. It hasn't been just recently. The evolution's been going on since probably uh, Moolah was in the business. And through my journey, I've seen it evolve from being a sideshow at the fairgrounds uh, where they had a midgets match, a girls match, to now, hey, we've got our own one-hour show every week. And I, I, I just truly am blessed, and I, I hope everybody tunes in to watch it because we've got some phenomenal athletes and some phenomenal girls, and I just hope everybody will fall in love with, with it as much as I have. Absolutely. And once again, I mean, you're a person who you have competed in so many women's companies that were just trying to get off the ground, just trying to get going, and, and you're part of the credibility that was built around the world for women's wrestling and showing that it can be done, that it is possible. So fast forward to today. I mean, that's that's a 30-year journey that you've been on doing that at least. So here we are today where you're training this next generation, and they're getting an opportunity to be on nationally syndicated TV on a great network like Access TV with a great promotion like Wow Superheroes. I mean, it, it just really is something. And we're talking prime time, 8 p.m. every Saturday night. We get to check this out. It's it's really something else to, to see 
And for someone like yourself who's been involved in the business for, for as long as you have, it is just impressive what you've been able to help usher in. Uh, so, folks, once again, we're talking WOW Superhero Season 2. It's going to start Saturday, September 7th, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Access TV. And, and I'm going to tell you all out there right now, you got to head over to Twitter, at WOW Superheroes. Okay, or you can even go over to their website, www. Now this is wow, w o w e. dot com. Head over to their main website. Head over to their Twitter. Start giving them a follow, what have you. This is going to be some of the best and most entertaining, family-friendly wrestling that you will see throughout your week. And if there's any wrestlers out there who are interested in getting involved with Wow. You definitely want to head over to their main website. Once again, that's wowe.com. Send in your information. Who knows? If you have an opportunity to train with somebody like Selena Majors, you got to jump all over that. It will be the training of your lifetime because this woman legitimately is a legend. So, Selena, is there anything else you want to say to your fans before we let you go? Okay. I don't know. You said so much. You flattered me so much. Thank you so much. You made this old lady feel good. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm just excited about it. Uh, I, I want everybody to just tune in and watch us. Uh, it's something we've worked hard for. For me, going on 33 years. And uh, I've been watching it since I was nine years old. So I've spent my life in professional wrestling. And uh, so if you love wrestling, tune in, just like you said, on Saturday nights and um, and watch us. Uh, let us know what you think. Go on our social media. Comment to us. Uh, a lot of the girls are on the social medias. You can comment and talk directly back and forth to them. And uh, just thank you so much for having me on here. I appreciate all the kind words you said. And um, thank you so much. This is former WWE superstar Al Snow and magician to the blind. You're listening to Duke Loves Rathlin. I'll tell you, man, I will never, ever in my life get tired of talking to people who are inspirations, people who have contributed to my continued fandom as it relates to pro wrestling. I just, I love it, man. And Selena Majors, Bambi, whatever you want to call her, she's a real deal. She is not a joke. Dude. That that woman is 100% badass. She is tough as nails. And you heard what she said. If you got, if you don't have the right attitude, she'll wrestle it out of you. <laughs> what, do you what do you do with that? <laughs> you don't want a piece of that, do you? She'll wrestle it out of you. So, fun interview. Really enjoyed that. Um, I think next week we're, we're going to have David McLean. Maybe we'll have Dave McLean on. He's the owner of uh, Wild Superheroes. I'm actually trying to get um, Teal Piper on. You know, we talked about Teal with, with Selena. Let's even get Teal Piper on as well because she's fantastic. Roddy Piper's daughter. Uh, it would be interesting to hear her perspective on things, especially considering the fact that, if I'm not mistaken, she's going to be in that AEW Battle Royal as well. So for her to talk about that and Wild Superheroes, that's pretty interesting. Especially for a, a person just breaking into the business for the most part here. So, good stuff. Good stuff. You know, it's 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 interesting. You know, we're, we're, we've been talking about women's wrestling. And I just want to go back to something. 
This Sasha Banks thing. Sasha Banks is back in the WWE, and she's she's the bad Sasha Banks that we loved in NXT. The boss. She doesn't care about your cheers. She's out here to break some some necks and, and snatch some wigs and ain't taking no prisoners, baby. She she had a promo in which she said that, you know, people wanted to know what was going on with Sasha Banks, and people accused her of sitting on the locker room floor and and, and crying at WrestleMania because she lost the women's tag team championships, and she admitted it. She said, yeah, I did. And then she also said that she didn't give a damn about those tag team championships, which is kind of interesting, kind of contradictory if you ask me. Um, But it's funny because the people who want that stuff to be true, they took it and run with it. Oh, she admitted that she was given a tantrum and then she took her ball and went home. And that's where she's been all this time. Don't be gullible. I think the the young lady was was nursing some injuries and she was taking some much needed time off because Sasha Banks performs at a very high level and she wrestles a very physical style. And she is not the biggest person in the world. It is very taxing on the body what she puts herself through in that ring. She certainly needed that time off. It certainly added some time back onto her career. There's no doubt in my mind about that. She rested, man. She's fresh now. So the notion that she she went home and she refused to work and all this other stuff, I don't I just don't believe it. I don't think it's true. And I think a lot of people took that and ran with it and which is unfortunate because you think the worst of somebody and I, I just, I don't buy it. And I don't think Sasha, Sasha Banks is a fool. I mean, she, she's under contract with WWE. She's one of their top stars. They've invested a lot of time and, and money into making her a superstar. She was not a superstar when she first walked into NXT. She had to develop into a superstar. She's a very talented blue chipper who, who did some some really good work on the indies especially in the England area but you know no one really knew who Sasha Banks was they helped develop her into what she is today you don't just let somebody with years left on their contract out of their contract after you didn't invested that much into them so it's not like Sasha Banks was going to be able to go somewhere else it just wasn't going to happen And I don't think she's foolish enough to believe that that was even a possibility, which is where I depart from the the notion that Sasha Banks just took her ball and went home and and said she wasn't going to wrestle for the WWE anymore and all this other stuff because she was disgruntled. I just don't believe it. And I know some of you are going to say, well, you know, Neville did that and all this. I don't know if the Neville situation was like the Sasha situation. Feel free to send me the information. I don't know how much time he had left on his contract. And I don't know how much the WWE really cared to retain him, to be honest. But Sasha Banks is a different ballgame. Have you ever taken a look at the WWE roster and seen how many men are on the roster compared to how many women are on the roster? And I'm talking overall. I believe it was WrestleNomics that put up some information over the past uh, week and a half or so. Just showing the numbers, the raw numbers through the years, too, 
of how the WWE roster has has changed. Just how many men and how many women and what have you. There's there's I mean, it's like three times more men than there are women on the roster. You can't afford to just have one of the women just leave. Like it it, it just that ain't gonna work. You're taking a pretty big hit if that happens. So there ain't no way that the WWE was going to allow Sasha Banks to just take her ball and go home and never wrestle for them again when she has time on her contract. It just wasn't going to happen. Whether she tried to make that happen or not, which again, I don't believe she's that foolish. So come on. And what's interesting is, I think she's in line. Her value is, is actually greater in 2019 going into 2020 than, than it was in 2018 going into 2019. That's my opinion. I think she has higher value now. And I think she has an opportunity to probably renegotiate her contract, get paid more money. Watch. You got you got wow superheroes, which is a women's promotion that's doing really well. And so on Access TV, you, you have AEW, which you know they have women on their roster as well, and they have a nationally syndicated TV show that's live every Wednesday night, even though they're going up against NXT, but still got some competition out there. Ring of Honor. I mean, Sinclair Broadcasting, they got like 21, 22 new regional uh, networks, more visibility for Ring of Honor. They're going to have to put out more content. You know, there's going to be more women's content. Of course, there will be. So Sasha Banks, has got some value, Jack. To anybody who could who could land Sasha Banks, I'm sure WWE is going to reinvest in her and she's going to pay off because she's a, a star. In my opinion, Sasha Banks is the Ricky Steamboat of our generation. She's just a great wrestler who can put on great clinics in the ring and she can work with anybody. And that's just the way it is. You you invest in somebody like that. You don't let them go. If you have any sense. And we know WWE has the most sense in history. That's why they're the most successful company in history. And continue its sustained success. So, hey, I'm happy Sasha Banks is back. I'm 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 happy to see this feud she's got going on with Natty, and it's gonna evolve into a feud with Becky, and there's just a lot going on there. It's cool. It's cool to see, man. Maybe they'll give us a swerve, and she'll attack Bailey. That would be fun to see. I'm all for it. Whatever, just give it to me. Give it. Give me all of it. More Sasha Banks, please. Do you want fries with that? Yes. Yes. That's right. Okay, folks. That does it for this week. Uh, join us next week. Like I said, um, I don't know. I'm going I'm to keep this wild superheroes train going. Because I'm, I'm really interested. You know, they're, they're season two. It debuts on the, if I'm not mistaken, it's going to be on the, the 7th. Um, we'll have to double check that. It's going to be that Saturday, though. Sixth, I believe. Sixth. Um, but I'm really interested in, in finding out more about what's going on with them. We'll see if we can get either David McLean or, or, or Teal Piper on next week. Either way, it's going to be fun. 
You know, listen, I gotta, I'll got i just break the news now. We got Rob Van Dam coming up in a couple weeks. Rob Van Dam. How crazy is that? I told you, folks, I'm going to keep delivering the top interviews because this is what you've been clamoring for. Okay, Ken Shamrock, the young professor, Selena Majors, Rob Van Dam. Let's get Dave McClain. Let's get Teal Piper. Maybe we'll even get Jesse Jones back. Who knows? But we're going to keep knocking this thing out of the park, giving you some great content because you deserve it. I appreciate you rocking with me this entire time and continuing to do so. The support, it, it definitely doesn't go unnoticed. I've noticed the activity on the Duke Loves Wrestling Facebook page. It's just, I mean, my goodness, I don't know what the heck's been going on the last month or so, but the activity has just gone through the roof. People commenting on the page, interacting with the things that I post there more than ever. It's its fun. You know, we're building uh, an additional community on that page, something that I have on the Twitter already and something that I have in the private group. But to see it on the Facebook page itself, the public page, it's fun. Good to see. Keep that coming. And let me know, what, what content do you want me to post? What do you want me to talk about? You know, I post memes and, and, and funny pictures and ask questions and get people engaged. And, and you guys have been doing your part and participating and sharing. And that's fun, man. It's good stuff. You know? And I want to say that to, to all the other podcasters out there, you know, whatever your show is and what you got going on, I'm always looking to collaborate, man. So you just drop me a line. Let me know what's going on. Let's talk. Why not? The more the merrier, right? That's right. Okay, folks, listen. Be kind to yourselves. Be kind to others. The new voice of AEW, which is just, it, it's just, AEW has Jim Ross, and now they, they, they're getting Tony Schiavone to go along with that. And they have Excalibur. That's going to be their, their TV show on Wednesday night. That's going to be their three-man lineup for commentary. That's just crazy. It's it's unbelievable. Anyways, take it away, Tony Schiavone. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're desperately out of time on Duke Love Wrestling. 